Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm Pastor Troy, the pastor, senior pastor here at First Baptist Church in Jackson. With me today, a very special guest, Mr. Zach Coffey. And that last name is spelled just like the beverage. Indeed it is. Welcome, Zach. Thank you, Troy. And I'm excited to have you here today. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Zach and I get to talk a lot, and um, but today is his first for first opportunity to do the podcast uh, together. So uh, how exciting. I, I uh, Every time I we were talking about, uh, before we started a recording, about how I am a Mountain Dew person because I don't drink coffee, but just because I don't drink coffee doesn't mean I don't like coffee coffee that's that coffee i mean, have well, sorry Zach. sorry <laughs> i just there's so many coffee puns to and i know you get that too much so i'm i so apologize for you my my son and daughter love it makes you feel better their last name's netherland and so okay. which is the same i make a lot of holland jokes uh. with them, so <laughs> um but anyway they uh, <laughs> it never gets it never gets old to me i'm sure it gets old to them but my son-in-law he's He's a punny guy, so um, so anyways, well, anyway, this week uh, we, in our reading, if you're new to the Understanding Jesus podcast, we take a look at what we read the week before because we're reading through the Bible together and share some things that uh, stood out to us in the reading. Uh, we are in the book of Isaiah, and uh, the uh, book of Isaiah is just so amazing, and there's so much there. It, it, it's one of the, it, it takes forever to read through. It takes about a month to get through Isaiah, but uh, it is uh, it's so rich with so much content. Uh, we're also in Psalm 110, 111, 112, 113 uh, in this past week. Uh, Proverbs, at this point in Proverbs, we kind of drag we actually just do a couple of verses each day, but uh, just nuggets of wisdom to kind of encourage a person. And then uh, we finish out the book of Galatians and we get into the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians is one of my favorite letters of Paul's. So all that and more as we talk about what we discovered in God's word, we will be back. We are back at the Understanding Jesus podcast, and we are going to share some of what we found in our reading this week. And really, this part I love and enjoy because it's really not uh, that we're any major, massive Bible scholars here. It's just that we read God's Word and share this is what we what we gleaned from it as we read. Because we're the encouragement is is that we want you to be reading God's Word and also to be finding what it is God's saying to you through His Word. Uh, and I really want to encourage you to jot that down, to take a moment and write into a journal uh, of such or sorts. And so um, I want to start with something from uh, Isaiah 45. It says, Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you who have escaped from the nations. They have no knowledge who carry the wood of their carved images and pray to a God that cannot save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Have not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, Surely in the Lord have I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come, and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. In the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. 
God is calling his people together and and to be separate, to separate ourselves from the gods of this world and to call on the Lord, look to him and be saved. And and this is something that when we are faithful to do this, then that that extends to all the world. You know, it's if you have the knowledge that God is supreme and that everybody at some point is going to bow before him and every tongue is going to acknowledge that he is God, uh, it behooves us to share that information with other people and to live as though we believe that. Um, you know, it's I, I, I remember I when my kids were little um, younger uh, that my son and had a friend that came over and they went out and went uh, to a neighbor's property and they there were some old they went to a hillside where there was a bunch of old uh, glass bottles <clears throat> and they were taking the glass bottles and throwing them and busting them in a neighbor's yard shattering glass all over this neighbor's yard or whatever as just something to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and um anyway uh, when that word came back to me, of course, one of their siblings uh, told on them. And when that word came back to me, uh, I said, you know, your friend has to go home. And and I took him home and I, I'm not punishing him or disciplining him because he's not my son. But I just take him home. It's like for my son, it's like your time is over. The visit is done and he's got to leave. And um and to my son, then he has discipline that he has to endure and so forth. But but the thing was is that he's still at my home. He's still my son. And his friend, who he had the opportunity to welcome into our home, to be in our home, had to leave. And he knew that uh, my, my son knew that, uh, that I would be very upset about what was going on and so forth and that this would be the repercussion. Yet, at the same time, never said that. Never warned this young man that if we do this, that my dad's going to cast you out, you know. And I think that that's so often we we forget in our daily encounters with people and the things that they're doing that the the loving thing, not just righteous, but the loving thing to do to people is to say, hey, um, I know we're have, all having fun here, but if we keep living like this, my father's going to cast you out. You know, my father's going to kick you out of here and cast you into outer darkness and so forth. And that's the truth. That's uh, And I know my father in heaven, and I know that's what he said he's going to do. So I should tell people that. It's like, so I, I'm not just not participating in what you're doing because I'm afraid of God or because I'm religious or whatever. I'm, I'm not doing it. Also, just to kind of say, you shouldn't be doing it either. Because at some point, he's going to come, and if, if you are uh, still... In opposition to him, he's going to get rid of you. And so, so that we have this opportunity right now to to be the people that God has called us to be, to be holy and separate in the world, but not of it, so that people can see there is something unique about us, um, and that and, and try to encourage them to, to be drawn into that uniqueness and so forth. But uh, anyway, that's what that's what stood out to me. Uh, Zach, what did you what did you what did you get from the reading this week? Oh, you're talking about Isaiah 45 or 43? What you, whatever you read. Okay. Yeah, you had something. Yeah. Um, so I was in Isaiah 43, uh, verses one through uh, two. Let me turn to it here. 
and Zach uses a digital Bible. So yes, uh, unlike our, version unlike our Bible unlike our guest last week who said she was like a traditional Bible Bible person, Zach is of the younger generation. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I love the Bible app by the way. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's handy. You yeah. know, when you're out and about, you absolutely. Know, yeah, you know, original book on you. So, uh, but. Isaiah 43 here says, Israel's only Savior. Um, so this is one through verses 1 through 2. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's... There's like a lot of different things that are popping out at me, you know, basically all wrapped up in one general message of Christ is the only way. Um, And um, God's commanding us to fear not, you know, because he's talking to Israel. He's like, you are my chosen people. Like I've called you to to myself for a purpose. um, And I've called you by name. He says, you are mine. So that means it's like they're under God's, you know, they're under God's protection, not free to go off and do whatever they want, you know, to abuse grace, but letting them know that when you pass through hard times, when you pass through things that are going to cause diversity or come up against you, um, that I'm going to be with you in those moments, you know, and these rivers, um, you know, he's, he's using a bunch of analogies here, waters, rivers, you know, fire, to indicate um, what I think is, uh, in my opinion, a refining process. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to let these things come their way in, in order for them to um, mature, you know, um, to get to see more like a bigger awareness of the God they serve, you know, how powerful he is, um, and so that they can walk more holy and more pure uh, with him, you know, uh, and which I think will cause them to be more obedient as well. Because when they get to look at their saviors, their God, um, they, they they see him for who he is. Hmm. And so, um, but that first part kind of really speaks to me. It's just like that that love from God. It's like, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. Um, I'm thinking about the story you were saying with your, with your son. Right. You know, it's like, he is your son. You know, like, he, he came from you. He was a gift from God. You know, like, that is a father's love for his son, right. you know, and, and that promise right there is, is something that I think we all need to cling on to is just, you know, hope in Christ. Um, cause he will not let you go mm-hmm. no matter what's going on. So I know that's been a big thing in my life. I've had to cling to that many times, remind myself of that plenty of times throughout the day. Um, so yeah, uh, these two verses just really hit home. Um, and it's just a good reminder of that God is faithful. Like even when we are unfaithful, Right. You said you were going to connect that with Daniel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so um, whatever like book that, that it is when they fall into the, the fiery pit right. with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is that Daniel? Yeah, that's okay. Daniel. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're in this, this fiery furnace, um, and it looks like these flames are just going to over like consume them and, you know, um, just bring them out, you know, but it's... Uh, uh, they see a fourth man in the fire, and it represents Christ. It represents Jesus, like he is that fourth man in the fire. So we see a good look at that in the Old Testament. 
And so they come out completely unscathed. Right. You know, and they were, you know, in the midst of flames. So um, that's what I think about when I read these first two passages, especially the second one where he's talking about when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. It's like that exact imagery pops up that Jesus comes up in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to think that Isaiah actually wrote that before that happened. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, exactly. Yeah, and it transpires like that. That is, is pretty awesome. I, I love Isaiah. It's just amazing. A so, lot of like um, for like foreknowledge, you yeah. know, like yeah, he stuff is, that's just like setting up for. Yeah. And, and, and Daniel is a great prophet as well and foresees so much. And, and uh, but anyway, it's always cool to see Isaiah's prophecies because so many are fulfilled. Um, but some even in the Old Testament. Well, many in the Old Testament. But anyway, all right, thank you for that. We uh, I want to read one more thing um, before we get to some questions. But the uh, in Galatians chapter 6, um, it says, uh, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something... Uh, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Um, but let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Um, and uh, and this is um, and this is something that um, that there is a uh, so much about um, just a uh, well anyway. When we are taken into sin and when we are struggling with uh, things, that when, we are over, when we are overtaken in any trespass, any sin or so forth, uh, so often we feel alone in that. And I think we try to hide that um, uh, from people and so forth because we, we feel like it's this is my struggle and I need to get through it on my own. But God within his word has put within us that, uh, that when, we see, when we see somebody— uh, I, I, I've, well, I've got something running through my head that I, want, I need to share. Is I, we had a young man in a church years and years ago who we knew was struggling, and everybody was just being polite and not talking about it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we all talk about it with each other, you know, right. behind his back. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's not there. And so, oh, yeah, he's going through a hard time. And we knew he was struggling with uh, some gambling issues and some drug issues and, and some, so forth like that. But we really just stood back and watched his demise. And eventually he stopped coming to church, eventually divorced his wife and left his family and, oh, and saw that all just disintegrate. And it was just like this huge travesty unfolding. And for, for so long, it was just like, wow, it's so, isn't it so tragic that it happened and so forth, as if we were powerless to do anything about it. But, uh, but here you see, if you see a person who's being overtaken in sin, uh, it says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, being careful lest you yourself be tempted, and, um, and and we've talked about this about lifeguard training about uh, about you know about uh, how I'd been uh, I think you were training lifeguard right right yeah mm-hmm. and yes. I had lifeguard training uh, years ago and uh, in lifeguard training uh, you're taught that when you see somebody drowning. Uh, the last thing you want to do is jump in the water with them. You try to extend something to them to get you. You throw them a life preserver, and then if you if you have to, you go in after them and try to rescue them. Always take into consideration that they could try to drown you, you know. And so you're trying to make sure that you're strong enough mm. to get them out without both of you dying. 
Uh, so you're, that's that's the mindset is how do I get in there and get you? How do I get you out of there without killing without both of us dying as a result? And so so and all this, this is what you're trained. But in spiritual matters, it's the same way. When you see somebody drowning in sin, you're trying to think, how do I get them out? You know, how, what do I extend to them to help rescue them out? What life preserver can I throw? And, or do I need to just jump in there and get them being very careful to make sure I can get them out? Making sure I obviously uh, my wife can't swim. And I always tell her, I said, don't jump in to try to save <laughs> one of the kids because you can't swim. And then now I've got two people I have to save. So just, you know, don't. That's your first instinct is just jump in. Right. But it's like you you have to take into consideration if I'm an alcoholic and he's an alcoholic and I jump into the world in which he's in, is it going to drag me back into alcoholism? You yeah. know, and and I have to be really careful about stuff like that. Uh, so you weigh these things out, but you don't do nothing. You don't just stand there and watch somebody drown. You know, and I think that that's um, I think that's what we do sometimes as a church is we just simply watch people uh, go down. But uh, but we need to uh, but we need to. St- to, to take that help take that burden off them find a way uh, to rescue them now they may not want to be rescued and that's between them and God and then that's that's on them but we make need to make every effort every attempt well we're going to come back in just a second and we're going to talk about maybe uh, some questions that we have about God's word so please join us in just a moment Welcome back as our last segment of the Understanding Jesus podcast. Uh, I'm here with Zach Coffey, and we've had just a good day together. What a, thanks, yeah. thanks for being here, Zach. It's been and a um, we, um, uh, you had a question, so share with us what question you had. Yeah. Uh, so out of Psalm 22, um, basically uh, David's um, crying out to God through prayer, and he's describing the uh, events of the crucifixion in detail. So I was just trying to figure out how many years specifically was this written before these events actually occurred okay well uh two two different thoughts here one is um one traditional thought of course in my bible it says it's a psalm of david and i and i believe it is a psalm of david so um, some scholars believe that it's just in the pre-exilic period which would put it still 500 to 70 years or so before um before the uh, before christ the events of uh, the bible but uh, possibly as much as a thousand years before uh, so, um, and most likely that's what I would say it would be a thousand, thousand years before, um, because that would be the reign okay. of, the reign of David would have been a thousand years before the coming of Christ. So, uh, probably somewhere in the thousand B- BC era, sure. era. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, of course he's, he's writing about suffering that he himself has endured and uh, and then Jesus, of course, is quoting that psalm as he's upon the cross. Yeah. Right on. Okay. I was just. Uh, can you give me some some of your perspective on this uh, on this chapter? It is. Uh, it is really, I think, sometimes uh, misunderstood. Uh, and and this is, um, uh, I think, because when people looking at it from the where Jesus is on the cross. And says, you know, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Uh, people draw from that that he is, um, that God literally has forsaken Christ, meaning that he ha- is not there with him at the time. Sure. Um, and I, I don't know that we have to draw that conclusion because he is quoting uh, this passage, but more so that uh, it's kind of like when you are. 
uh, these are s- songs. Uh, it would be it would be very much that you would say something. We we sing songs. We we go back to passages of scriptures when we're feeling or experiencing something. I do believe the humanity of Christ in this moment feels abandoned, if that makes sense. Mm, so it's very okay. appropriate to quote, "I am feeling what David was feeling during that time." I don't believe David was abandoned by God when he wrote it. You see what I'm saying? Yes. I think that's mm-hmm. how he. I think he's expressing that sentiment, and so, and I absolutely believe Christ is also experiencing that same sentiment uh, at that time. Now. Theologically, could that be proven? God could absolutely prove me wrong in that. <laughs> right, I, I could be completely wrong. But I, but I, I think more sound theologically, I don't I don't think there is this separation of the Son of God that the Godhead is split apart for a period of time and then right. slammed back no. together. I believe that the 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 triune God is always triune eternally. I don't think that's ever separation. I think there is that moment where the the man Jesus is, and again, I don't think there's a separation between the Son of God as as man and, and Jesus. I think that they're one of the same. But I do think in his humanity uh, at this point, uh, he does uh, – this is – and the reason is is because this is something that God is actually very present in. Uh, God is Mm -hmm. the one – he's already had this conversation. God is very much aware of what Jesus is doing, and they – this is an agreement that they've made and, and have that I am going to willingly offer myself up. And God is going to be there the whole time, seeing it unfold and uh, and allowing this uh, to happen to his son to fulfill, uh, obviously, the redemptive purposes that he has in it. So it's not a it's not an abandoning. It's uh, I'm I'm here for the whole deal, uh, but I'm but I'm going to let it happen. So some uh, that's that's awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Because some, um, you know, pastors uh, or. Um, just like interpretations like of this text um, kind of geared towards since Christ bore the full wrath of sin mm. upon himself right that God couldn't be in the presence of sin so he had to separate himself right you know from I Christ I, I, and I don't that yeah, just I don't doesn't see sound that. I don't that yeah. d- that doesn't make sense on so many levels because um, one is Jesus is God and is in the presence of us, and so if mm-hmm. that were, if God could not be in the presence of sin, uh, then he, you know, and I, I understand what I mean. Christ was holy, so he was here. He can't be. Um, he can't be in um, um, a partaker of it, and meaning we can't have fel- He can't have fellowship with sin. I guess is the best way yes. to say that. Yeah. And so, and that we know that. So that's why Adam and Eve couldn't walk in the Garden of Eden together, and so forth. And it's why, I mean, you see what happens. Uh, Jesus, who is holy, comes into the presence of sin, and sin kills him. You know, I mean, sin destroys him. So that's what, and in the same way, uh, God, it, it shows this is why sin and holiness can't coexist, and uh, right. and, and didn't. I mean, I mean, for a, for a season, I mean, it was constantly. Um, I mean, it was only a matter of time before one is going to rule, one's going to re- one's going to win, and it looks like that sin wins. You know, it looks like Satan right. defeats the holiness of God that he eradicates it, and and but then we, in the resurrection of Christ, we say no, oh, holiness wins. Well, there's that there's that verse out of Genesis where it talks about, um, uh, like I guess the serpent biting his heel, but he right. crushes his head. Correct. So exactly, and that's and exactly what happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good question, though. Good yeah. question. Well, Zach, thanks for being here today. Yeah, no problem, Tori. Thank you for having me it's on. It's been awesome. Was we awesome. will have to do this again yeah, this uh, is cool. in, in the future and so forth So, um, because there's so much more of the Bible to unfold and so forth. And thank you all for joining us on the uh, podcast today. Uh, be sure and uh, listen to other podcasts we have uh, at uh, fbcj.us uh, where you can get the uh, – we go to the Understanding Jesus uh, podcast uh, page or whatever, and you have our sermons. every, every Twice a week we upload uh, one the sermon from the previous week and a uh, sermon from the previous Sunday comes out on Monday or Tuesday, and then on Thursdays we upload uh, this Understanding Jesus podcast where we look at God's Word together. But uh, but anyway, just uh, hope you'll enjoy that and make it a part of your podcast regimen. But uh, as for us, we shall return uh, next week.